Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding. And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. Addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Maron? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? Hey, you guys. My name's Anna David. You're listening to Recover Girl. It's my podcast. Welcome. By the way, if you are not a subscriber, did you know you could miss episodes? And do you know how terrible that would be? The great news is you can go and subscribe now on iTunes. It'll take two seconds. I'd even wait for you. You could do it right now. I'm going to keep talking, but what are you going to miss? Just me talking. Also, what else do I want to say? This is an interview uh, that I did. Sometimes these podcasts are uh, interviews I did on Facebook Live. This is one of those. So as usual, the audio is not, um, if you're an audio snob, it's not going to be up to standards, but it's a good opportunity for you to practice uh, patience. And um, what else do I want to tell you? I hope you're checking out my new site. Did you know I have a new website? It's called lighthustler.com. I have about 6,400 websites, but that's the one where I've got everything. I'm obsessed with it. By the way, you might be saying, what God's name is a light hustler? Well, I've got good news for you. You can find out because you can get my free download on how to become a light hustler. Just go to AnnaDavidCoaching.com and you can get that. I profile all the people that I know that are doing things like they're taking their dark, they're sharing their dark to find their light. They're becoming podcasters. They're becoming recovery advocates. They're becoming authors. You can too. You just check. This is a very inspiring download. So that's an Anna David coaching. Now, enough of all that. My guest today is the lovely Taryn Strong. She and her mom, Dawn Nickel, co-created She Recovers, which is the world's largest website for women in recovery. They have a massive Facebook page. They do tons of retreats all over the world. I mean, we're talking in Bali. I've been on one of the retreats. They're amazing. They really gather a tribe that's pretty inspiring and pretty incredible. And they don't just talk about addiction to drugs. They they are saying you can be recovering from anything. Now, Taryn is certified in yoga of recovery. And she, on all the retreats, she leads these amazing classes and she's just got this wonderful energy, which you are about to uh, experience. Hopefully you'll be able to tell just through her voice. And if you want to find out more about She Recovers, go to sherecovers.co. You can sign up for a retreat. They have coaching certification. You can buy a mala. Oh yeah. With that, I'm going to give you Taryn Strong. I've, I am Anna David. I am here with Taryn Strong. Hello. I can, can uh, figuring out where to point is never easy for me. But I'm, I don't mean to speak for both of us, but we are both so excited to be here. Yes, very excited. 
Thank you. Thank you. I paid her for that. Taryn Strong is the co-founder of She Recovers, which is the world's largest group for women in recovery, started as a Facebook page, has turned into this let's call it a global empire with retreats year round, massive events like this event that they did in New York, uh, where Gabrielle Bernstein and Marion Williamson and other luminaries spoke and just a whole series of cool events. They sell malas. They have a coaching program. What don't they do? And it's run with Don Nickel, who's Taryn's mom. Shout out. Is mom going to come on and uh, watch? Or I she, think she probably will. Uh, yeah, she's she'll be here eventually. Well, she's coming to yoga tonight. I'm teaching a class tonight at six, um, yoga for recovery, and she's coming to that. That's a big deal. I saw so sure. on your Instagram, and I also know from the event that we did in LA that Dawn slash Mom is so good at shavasana that you actually call it Danasana now. Exactly. She comes to class and her favorite pose, I think like a lot of people is Shavasana, but she will come and she will just lie on her mat for an hour, which I love and totally appreciate. Uh, and sometimes she'll sleep and sometimes she drools and it's wonderful. She's breathing, I, she's relaxing, it's all good. You know, I remember when I, my first yoga class, my teacher Anthony saying, oh, if you want to just sit there and breathe and lie down the whole time, that's fine. And I was like, I'm a type A yeah. exercise addicted woman in LA. I am yeah. not going <laughs> What? Um, by, you, by the way, you guys, the, the website, if for some reason you do not know, shame on you, but it's sherecovers.co. Uh, I've got the URL up on the screen. By the way, you may be listening to this on the podcast. If so, so happy. Um, and previous podcast listeners should be familiar with, uh, I don't remember what episode your mom, Don was, but she was one. By the way, if you guys want to share this, you people on the Facebook, share it, bring other people in. Here's what I'm going to give you as a teaser so you go do that. What happens when you have a drug problem you are in denial about and you are running the world's largest site for women in recovery. That's what Taryn and I are going to talk about. So you go share it. If you have any questions, please chime in. Questions for me, questions for Taryn. We're super psyched to answer them. So here we go. Taryn, when I met I met you officially when we went when I went on the retreat. I think it was like one of the third, maybe the third or fourth She Recovers retreat. Um, yeah. And you were this lovely lady who I knew to be in recovery from codependency. But it, right. there was a lot more going on. So tell us about um, how did it all start? Addiction, codependency, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, so my parents have been in recovery since I was four. Um, so some of my earliest memories and first memories are actually going to 12-step meetings and the campouts, etc. So I actually grew up in a 12-step home. I grew up with the 12-step philosophies, right? So you would think that girl growing up in with recovering parents would not go down the path that they went down. But I was genetically predisposed, pardon me, whatever that word is, and I... Um, 
I was very curious about the things that my parents, I heard my parents and so many others talk about all the time. So when I was 16, I actually hit a bottom. When I was 16, I I wasn't, like, as a teen, so when I was 12, I drank for the first time and then smoked weed, and I was not a good drinker. I would I would puke and then pass out. So that wasn't fun. I was like, well, what's the point of that? I can't even, I can't even stay up past nine. And then I tried smoking weed and it just made me really antisocial. So again, I was like, well, what's the point of this? I want to be a party girl and these aren't helping me be a glamorous party girl. So when I was 16, I was like, hmm, maybe cocaine's what I need to try out. So I found it, I did it. And um, when I was 16, quickly and for a brief period of time, but quickly became addicted to, to cocaine. And being a 16-year-old working at a clothing store at the time, I really couldn't afford that habit. So I decided to start dating the drug dealer and ran away with him. And then that turned into a meth addiction. So at 16, things got really scary really quickly. But because I had parents in recovery, they were able to steal me, steer me back in the right direction, right? So they took me to meetings. I had two therapists. I was going to therapy. What felt like every single day um, in the meetings. And I did get back on track. And then, uh, um, and I was clean for a few years. When I was 20. Were you you resentful at at your parents for doing that? Or were you the 16-year-old who said, thank God, I really need the help? First I was, and I kept the way to be with my 17-year-old crack-dealing boyfriend. But then it got scary because I was I was in Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta at the time and hanging out with a bunch of young wannabe gangsters and living out of like scungy hotel rooms. So I remember once having that aha moment. It was Karen. Ah, you're breaking up. You're breaking. You repeat that. You just broke up for a little bit. Uh Oh, Okay, here, Taryn. Um, comment, please. Okay, I think you're back. Yes, you had an aha. Yeah, I had an aha moment sitting in a really like scary, cheap hotel room with a bunch of wannabe gangsters, and realized this isn't fun anymore. This, I'm, I'm gonna die. So I, I went home, and luckily my parents were, you know, um. I was so full of shame and I was so embarrassed and I couldn't, because I was the, I was a great student. I was a dancer. I was a piano player. I couldn't believe that, that I did that, that it got that far. But luckily I had parents who were really, they understood and they were um, really open about it all and, and knew what to do. So resentful at first, yes. But then I was just so scared that I just, I, I knew I needed them. And I was so grateful that they didn't give up on me because I think that, and I mean, it really varies from case to case, but I think that, you know, yeah, in some cases, you've just got to let the kids go. They're going to do what they're going to do. But in my case, because my parents never gave up and they kept like trying to get the cops involved, they got social services involved, they got the school involved, they did everything they could. And because I, I saw that and knew I could go home to them, that was really important for me. I Hi, think Jen. That's a really good point because so many people write to me, come on here and talk about what can I do for my kid? The thing is, I believe there is no one size fits all, that there are plenty of kids who that would have happened to and they would have never spoken to their parents again. Like, unfortunately, there there is 
no way to say i do agree with you that letting letting you go and do your thing is the best thing people can do but uh the most important thing i think uh, parents can do is talk to your child about how they feel before yeah. they get to the age of 12 when a lot of kids start using drugs make them feel safe sharing those terribly hormonal and terrible feelings that can come up at when you're a teenager and i think that's the best preventative measure somebody can take Absolutely. And for me, knowing that the door was always open at home, it wasn't like, a, okay, you're, you're being a jackass. You're, you're kicked out. You can't come home ever again. For, you know, I wouldn't have. Um, but because I knew they were like, okay, when you're done being a shithead, come home and let's work on this. Let's get, let's get you in therapy. Let's, let's get you in meetings where you're not just attending as my child, but you're actually there as the addict, right? Um, so that was really powerful for me on my journey. Right. Um, so then, yeah, I was I was clean. I was that like high school kid who didn't drink and went to grad and didn't drink and didn't really think anything of it. I never said, oh, I'm in recovery. I don't drink or do drugs. I just I just it's I was just so over it. I was so done with it. And then when I was 20, my mom got cancer and I didn't realize at the time. But looking back on it now, the way that I started dealing with that, because we, we thought we were going to lose her. That Don Nickel is a warrior. She's a tough woman. But we we really thought that we were going to lose her. So I was dealing with it by drinking. So in my early 20s, it was that normalized drinking. I was just I was just binge drinking on the weekends um, and, and thought it was OK. And I was even binge drinking on the weekends during my yoga teacher training, going to my yoga teacher training hungover. But I'm a girl in my early 20s, and I, I was able to function. I was still going to work. I was still doing my yoga teacher training. Everything was fine. And then in my mid-20s, I fell in love and got married. And during that period, again, for some reason, I just stopped drinking. Um, it, didn't, it didn't appeal to me. And at that point, I was really focused on my yoga. And I was starting to do the yoga for recovery, and we were starting to do the retreats. And yoga for recovery and she recovers was like my life. So again, I didn't identify. I never said, oh, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm in recovery. I just stopped doing it and didn't think about it. And then my marriage ended. It was a very short marriage. Um, and so in 2014, again, I started doing the what you do when you're in your, your mid-20s and you're a single girl. You go to the bars with your girlfriends and you binge drink, right? So I started doing that in 2014 and then started dating uh, a guy who um, you know, had cocaine mm -hmm. and started then doing cocaine and binge drinking on the weekends, which then turned into not only on the weekends, but several times during the week. But I told myself, as long as I didn't do it when I don't teach the next day, it's okay. Right. And because I'm able to not do it the nights before I teach, there's no way I'm an addict. Right. And I mean, keep in mind, I'm teaching yoga for recovery. I'm developing this yoga for recovery program. I'm, I'm leading retreats like Anna was at. And people are like, oh, are you in recovery? And I genuinely, I wasn't lying. I wasn't bullshitting. But I was just genuinely like, I would say I'm a normie. Yeah, I drink, but but I'm a normie. Um, I'm in recovery from codependency, though, self-harm, disordered eating, blah, 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 because that's just, that's what I, the story I told myself. I would compare myself to the women at the retreats and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not as bad as them. I'm fine. Right. I would go to meetings because I would go to celebrate people's birthdays or, or bring people there um, to support them. And again, I'd be sitting in those rooms and comparing myself to the people in the rooms and be like, I'm okay. I'm, I mean, I was high functioning looking back on it. But what eventually got to me was 
when you're not in alignment and when you're not living your truth, it eats away at you. Like there's only so long that you can do it. And I was, it was the emotional hangovers and it was the shame that was killing me. And I couldn't take it anymore. And my boyfriend at the time who was um, like, we were both, we were both these rock star party animals. He was the one that was like, so I think you need to talk to your mom because you're scary. Like you definitely have a problem and you too, like you have the, she recovers things and like, you're, it's not really, you're not really living in integrity. And when so to have this like party animal boyfriend tell me I had a problem, I was like, shit, he's totally right. And then I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. I'll just stop. And then I couldn't just stop. And then I got honest and I was like, okay, here we are. I, uh, I can relate with everybody on an even deeper level than I was aware of. So that was an interesting ride and a really interesting journey to now be like, oh yeah. Also, by the way, not just codependency. Okay, so many things you said are fascinating. And what's interesting yeah. is I'm going back in my mind to the first time I interviewed you, which was for After Party. That's right. And you told me about the wild youth and the sick being 16 and mm -hmm. running away. And, you know, we'll all just believe what people tell it. Like, I was like, oh, okay. So that was her phase. And, you know, of course, there are many people who have phases and they're not yeah. alcoholics. And so, but yeah. I do remember you telling me that. And then I'm quite self-absorbed. So then just now, you guys, before we started, I said, oh, Taryn, remind me what you're in recovery from. Like, I remember self-harm, but what else? And she goes, blah, 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 drugs and blah, blah. I don't even blink. And she's like, by the way, when we first met, uh, I told you I wasn't. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so true. But I do yeah. think it is a really interesting thing. I happen to know a lot of sober people who I originally met because they were in Al-Anon. I'm talking off the top mm. of my head. I can think of 15. Yeah. And I was just like, how could you sit in 12-step meetings and not be overwhelmed? You know, I was a non-functioning alcoholic and drug addict, so I couldn't have gotten my ass to meetings. So that was incomprehensible to me. But, you know, I think that's a really good message that there are all sorts of levels of bottoms. And it yeah. really is about that shame. Oh, there's nothing like cocaine shame. Oh, oh my gosh. Trying to, oh, when you're trying to act cool, when you're trying to go to sleep and the sun's coming up or it's been a few days and you're just like, oh, I hate myself, but I'm going to do it again in a few days when the shame disappears. Yeah. The bird, yeah. the bird chirping depression. There's nothing like it. Um, so, so, you then did you come out to the to the she recovers community officially i did yeah i did um via uh, facebook to 260,000 people on facebook which was you know one of the scariest posts i ever made and then um i actually you know came out at a retreat in mexico in may of i guess 2016 that's when I made the post. And that's when at a sharing circle, I was like, oh, hey, guys, by the way. Um, so, so yeah, I kind of had like a coming out. And some people, some women who know me really well were like, mm, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and then other women were just like, couldn't believe it, right? Because it was, it was just, yeah, you just, you wouldn't think it. <laughs> yeah, I'm neither. Nothing surprises yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm unflappable at 17 years of sobriety. You know, you tell me you're exactly. not. You tell me you're not. I believe you. I you know I've heard it all. But yeah. I did want to comment on how happy we are. You guys are here. I'm talking to Jen Yaki, who Hi, Jen. 
both at the event that you and I were both at a few weeks ago and Sacred Recovery. I don't know what your real name is, but I love that you're here and Zoe Thorne and Liana and Robert Apple, who I know, and um, Patrick and Christina. So thank you guys. Chime in with any questions at any point. Um, and She Recovers, let's talk a little bit about what you guys do. You had, Tell me about the coaching program. Yeah, so we have, um, we've joined with an amazing recovery coaching program, and we are offering a She Recovers coaching designation. So what's happening is we're really, really lucky that women who attend our retreats, they, they're really excited, they want to go home and recover out loud and help the women in their recovery. So they ask, hey, can I, like, how can I do this? What can I do? So um, the idea for a, a coaching program happened. And people can become certified to be a She Recovers coach. So you take the recovery coaching component first. So you become a recovery, a life coach, recovery coach, and then a She Recovers coach, which is like a 10-hour module on our philosophies and our guiding principles. And then with that, um, some women have applied to be local coordinators for their communities. And those women, we have two pilots going on right now, one in Victoria, where we live in British Columbia, and one in Seattle. And those women are doing so amazing. They're creating workshops on different recovery topics and they're creating She Recover Sharing Circles, which is kind of like a She Recover meeting that's happening every few weeks. And we're just trying to find ways where we can get She Recovers you like all over the world, but there's only mom and I, right? There's only two of us. We want to be everywhere, but we can't. So this is a really nice way to have kind of like this beautiful little army of women um, recovering from all sorts of things, not just drug and alcohol addiction, but these, these women so they can just go out and help the women in their community as much as they can. And if you if you are watching right now on Facebook Live, I have the URL up on the screen um, and it's sherecovers.co slash become dash a dash recovery dash coach. If that is too much for you, you can just go to sherecovers.co and get all the information there. And what is the URL for the Facebook? Is it just facebook.com slash she recovers? That's right. A um, lot of action going on there. And if you want to go back and listen to the episode with Dawn, we talked a lot about how it, Taryn was the inspiration for this, you know, because Dawn was like bottoming out on workaholism, decided she wanted to do something for women in recovery. And Taryn, the young hip kid said, hey mom, why don't you start a Facebook page? And 200 and something thousand, 264,809 people later. That's what happened in just about three years, right? Or less. Um, you know what? That was 2012. So five years ago. Yeah. But it's all happened organically. We have never paid a cent in any type of um, paying for the Facebook advertising they want you to pay for. It's just been organically and it's just been through word of mouth. So we feel really, really lucky about that. So yes. Thanks everyone for the love and the support. And really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pretty spectacular, um, it's a pretty spectacular collection of people that I've met through it too. And you know, one of the reasons you guys that I do this or any of this is that, um, and that I wanted Taryn as a guest is, you know, that I think, I've realized, I realized this over the weekend that somebody asked me, what is your idea of a perfect world? Because that's how you figure out what your mission is. He asked me and this other woman, and we sat there and we thought about it. And I said, my vision of a perfect world is where everybody is acting 
from their conscious self and not their subconscious self, that everybody has looked at their trauma that isn't acting, you know, and this goes for Donald Trump, for anyone who starts a war, for the person who flips me off in traffic, for me when I flip someone off in traffic, where we are conscious of our pain so that we are not acting out on it. And, and I thought, well, how, what's the best way to do that? And that is what I try to do, which is by teaching people how to write about their, you know, darkest experiences, to go on podcasts, to be interviewed, to start storytelling shows, to do public speaking, all of that. Um, so, and so anyway, that's why I want to turn on and, and my company, by the way, that I started about that is called Light Hustler. And it's all about share your dark to find your light. And if any of you guys want um, a guide to becoming a light hustler, you can have, first of all, that's the, um, that's the URL on the, on the screen. Unsurprisingly, it's lighthustler.com. And if you want to get a guide, I have this free guide where I interviewed my favorite light hustlers and talked about a bunch of people. And Taryn um, is in there. I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a guide on how you can become a light hustler, how you can write books and, and essays and start podcasts and do all of these things. Cause it's all possible. And the more we all do it, the more we're taking the shame out of out of this thing and allowing other people to do it. So, Taryn, on that note, yes. what is your idea of a perfect world and how are you working to do that? Yeah, my idea of a perfect world is where, where, where I think a lot of us are waking up, right? Like we are, we're getting honest, we're coming out of denial and we're just really allowing ourselves to feel whatever's there. So in your case, you're talking about the darkness, like not being afraid of the darkness, not running from it. Because I think that's what we've been doing for so long. And that's what I did for so long was using relationships or substances to numb out, divert, distract, to stay small and to stay hidden. And my idea of a perfect world is for, I mean, guys as well, I'm a thing, right? It's so to, um, to, to, to stop running from their feelings, um, running from their traumas, but to to realize that they are strong enough to to feel it, to process it, and that they will be even stronger from that. And I think my idea of a perfect world is for women just knowing that they can do that, they're strong enough, and that they're they're worthy of it. They are worthy of recovery, and they are worthy of just living their. I mean, recovery. My mom always says is about recovering our potential. So I would just love to see all the amazing women that I know to step into that power and recover their potential so that we can just move forward and heal ourselves. Because I really honestly believe that if we, we all here heal ourselves, we're going to be able to heal the planet in some way. But it starts with us. Yeah, totally aligned, unsurprisingly. Um, you know, I was thinking too about this thing that I preach a big message about, let go of your shame and, yeah. and that I'm a little full of it in that I don't feel shame about my addiction anymore. So all, and people will say, oh, it's so brave. It's really not, I don't feel shame about it. So over the weekend I was like, what can I bust out about what I really feel ashamed of? And I realized it was my age among ah. And so I put this Instagram post where somebody I loved it, where this woman, I think it was a woman uh, reviewed my podcast and said, uh, on iTunes, tons of nice reviews. I, of course, see this one review that's like, she is, she's so overbearing. She's so, blah, blah. and of course, by the way, me being overbearing is going through my head this entire time. Um, 
because that's my brain. Um, but and and doesn't she realize she's so old? Why is she trying so hard to be sexy? And so, you know, here it's and I just busted out on Instagram. I was like, by the way, I'm 47. Oh, it is awful to say that. Awful. And yet, how can I go around and preach a message that I that I'm not living? So let me put you on the spot and say, what are you most ashamed of that you haven't told people? Me. I think, um, you know, I'm still, because it is kind of fresh for me, I think I'm still processing that I was in just such deep denial about how bad things were. Um, but I think the most shame that came from that is when I was really in my deepest part of that addiction is I would hide from my family. So my sister was pregnant at the time. And she's my best friend and I love her. We've been through so much. And I, I hid from her because I didn't want her to find out. I didn't want her to know. Um, and to this day, actually, I don't really know how much she knows because we don't really talk about it. But um, I still am working on forgiving myself for the fact that I hid from my sister through her first pregnancy. And that was mm -hmm. one of the really important things for me for recovery was I, I can't hide from I don't want to hide from my niece who's the most important person in my world now. Like if I'm still in active addiction and I'm hiding from her and avoiding her, how, like, how am I gonna be able to live with myself? So still processing um, that, but it's also what's driving me to, to do the work I'm doing. Um, Dr. Christiane Northrup, and I'm not gonna say it exactly word for word, but my favorite quote right now is, every woman who heals herself helps heal all the women who came before and all the women who will heal after, come after. So for me, it's, you know, a lot of this work that I'm doing right now for myself personally and in the recovery realm is because I just want my niece to to grow up looking up to these um, strong, confident, empowered women who weren't afraid of pain, who were present and clear and had clarity and just kept going. And for her to have those women to look up to, I'm just I'm so pumped to see what who she becomes. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How old is she now? She's 21 months. Marley. Um, Marley is she watching our 21 month old people on Facebook? Probably. Probably. I mean, if she was on the screen, she'd be watching it obsessively, but she's probably just bored of us. Now, in terms of, uh, and I'm going to, I am going to get cl close to wrapping up, but I did want to talk a little bit about the self-harm because I do think yeah. that that's something people feel a lot of shame about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How did that start for you? Yeah, for me, that was... That was kind of when when I wasn't good at drinking yet. I mean, obviously, I got good at it in my 20s, but I wasn't good at drinking. I wasn't good at smoking weed, um, and I was looking for a way to escape, and I discovered self-harm. And um, I was, you know, self-mutilating my arms and my legs, and that ended when I did discover cocaine because then I was able to um, distract myself or numb out in a different way. But um, it's something that is really misunderstood and there's definitely a lot of shame around it. It's something that's still not really talked about, I don't find, um, because it is kind of a, a confusing thing. But yeah, it was something that for me, it, it was a little short period of time again, but um, it, I was doing it to try to just to feel something, but at the same time, I was using it to actually numb out. Yeah. There was so much shame. I mean, I'm this like, you know, teenage girl always having to wear long sleeve shirts and pants when it's hot out or when you're in gym. I was a dancer and trying to conceal that I had all of these marks on my arms and my inner thighs was a full time job. Like 
the extent that we go to, right, to cover these things is because we are so ashamed. And um, the way that my, that it, another way it ended was I was clothes shopping maybe at the beginning of the school year and in the fitting room and trying on new clothes and my mom accidentally saw and I just felt so guilty because she was so heartbroken and so confused. And um, yeah, it was, it was a weird time for sure. Did other people see before that? Yeah. Yeah. Some friends had, had seen, um, but we were all just such little weirdos that nobody was like, oh, that's probably something we should be concerned about. It was just kind of like, a, hmm, is she doing it for attention? Or, I mean, what is her, what is her intention here? I don't know. I'm not going to go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, you guys, we are going to get towards wrapping up. We love that you have been listening. Thank you for the people that chimed in later, uh, Missy. Kelly has now saying she didn't chime in later. She's been here for a long time. Yeah, Kelly, hi, Kelly. Kelly was the episode. I think it was two weeks ago. Kelly Kitley. I hope you guys will go back and listen or watch the uh, all the old Facebook live videos are on my Facebook page and they've all been spectacular. By the way, I do these every Tuesday at four o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time. And if like Kelly watching this is your new Tuesday addiction, well, then you're in good company because Kelly's awesome. So, um, so come back next Tuesday at four o'clock. You can find out more about She Recoveries, including their retreats. How many retreats do you have scheduled for 2018? We just launched our 2018 retreats a few days ago, and we have eight, six, pardon me, we have six, four in Mexico and two in Salt Spring, and they're filling up really, really fast. If my mom, Dawn, isn't here right now, it's because registrations are just Wackner, they're coming in so quickly, and someone had to work. So they're filling up really quickly. Either that, or she's in Danasana, which if you showed up late, that's what we call Shavasana, which is yeah. this, this pose at the end of a yoga class where you rest. Yeah, exactly. Fine. Uh, for tonight. Um, so, and if you guys want that guide to becoming a light hustler, go to AnnaDavidCoaching.com. That's it. Taryn, adore you. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, we will talk soon and the rest of you, I'll see you next week. Yes. Thanks everyone. Take care. Bye.